Hello, and thanks for tuning in to our Monday Night Godcast, an immersive and interactive discussion of the Bible. If you're listening to this right now, then I know for a fact that God has something for you. That's right, you. I'm glad you're here. Let's dive into God's Word and see what He has in store for us today. Just another, just another message. Just it's just um, someone else talking about Easter and what Jesus did on the cross. But if we ever let it get to that place, then something's out of whack because Easter. I mean, this is this should be like the biggest. This is the highlight. This is the the Super Bowl, the World Series, the you know whatever of. Christianity. This is this is what it's all about, right? Christmas is great. Jesus was born, but what he did on that cross is why he came. That was the reason why he was born. So we're going to be looking at Easter with um, a little different perspective today of of what exactly happened on that cross, um, and yeah, looking through that together. The cross brought about death. My question to you guys is, what died on the cross? I think the obvious answer, Jesus, for starters, and then all sin and death in the end. Yeah. What else? What else died on the cross? Jesus died temporarily. Death died on the cross. What else died on the cross? Our sins. Our sins died on the cross. What else? It's going to write it on this. Fear. Fear died on the cross. Shame died on the cross. Being bound to the law died on the cross. According to Galatians 5.24, our passions and desires died on the cross. According to Galatians 6.14, our interest in the world died on the cross. Let's start there, actually. Let's turn to Galatians 5.24. Galatians 5.24. Hopefully you guys have enough light to see. And we want to read 524. Go for it. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. Awesome. Anyone have a different translation? Just add on to it. What translation is that? NLV. The King James Version says, "And they that are, and they that are Christ have crucified the flesh with the affections and lusts." Yeah. 
Yes, but he says, and those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. Cool. Well, I got a lot of different translations in here. I'll read one more, NLT. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have nailed the passions and desires of their sinful nature to his cross and crucified them there. Right before this, actually, I'm just now seeing it, is Galatians 5.22 and 23, which is the fruit of the Spirit. The Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Notice it's one fruit. This is all one fruit. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. There is no law against these things. It's not the fruits of the Spirit. It's not plural. This is all one fruit. The Spirit produces this one thing, all of these aspects. It's all one fruit. And right after that, what the Spirit produces, it says, those who belong to Christ Jesus have nailed the passions and desire of their sinful nature to his cross and crucify them there. Why are those back to back? I feel like isn't that like two separate different things going on there? The fruit of the Spirit and then, and then verse 24? Anyone have any thoughts? I mean, I think if you go back to verse 16, you start getting the context of not gratifying the desires of the step the flesh because you're walking in the spirit right and then effectively he gives you instructions on what the fruit of the spirit is right so kind of the litmus test of whether or not someone is walking in the in the spirit and then he talks about um, those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the the flesh with their pat uh, with its passions and desires and then he goes on to say, if we live by the Spirit, let us also keep in step with the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking one another, envying one another. Um, so it's all kind of in one fell swoop that he goes from 16 through 26. Cool. Yeah, and in 19 he tells us about what those, those who follow the desires of their sinful heart, like what that leads to. You know, and, and what it makes it clear is sexual immorality, impurity, lustful pleasures, idolatry, sorcery, hostility, quarreling, jealousy, outbursts of anger, selfish ambition, dissension, division, envy, drunkenness, wild parties, and other sins like these. So it's quite a long list. And then I'm talking about, right after all that, saying instead, the fruit of the Spirit produces these things, and those who do belong to Jesus have nailed the passions and desires of their sinful nature. Uh, can someone turn to Colossians 2.14? Just a few more pages down. Colossians 2.14. Anyone want to read that one verse? I'll go ahead. Okay. Blotting out the handwriting blotting out the handwriting or ordinances that was against us which was contrary to us and took it out of the way nailing it to his cross cool. 
canceled the record of our charges against us, took it away by nailing it to the cross. So we're looking today at being free from chains. That last song that we sung, actually, chains mentioned in more than one song. My chains are gone, I've been set free. This says, he, Jesus, canceled the record of our charges against us and took it away by nailing it to the cross. There was a list of charges written against us of all that we had done, of all the sins that we have committed. And this list is lengthy. And Jesus instead takes it and says, I'll take care of this. And nails it to the cross along with himself. Romans 5, 8. Let's turn there for a minute. Romans 5, 8. Anyone want to read that one? But God showed his great love for us by sending Christ to die for us while we were still sinners. Has anyone ever been mad at someone while they were actively receiving a gift from them? Birthday gift or Christmas gift? Yeah. Oh, okay. Say again, I'm sorry. <laughs> I was curious if anyone's actively been mad at someone as they've been receiving a gift from someone. Like, hey, here, I got a gift for you. I hate you, but I'll take it anyway. <laughs> I mean, I didn't, I didn't express it, but I... <laughs> My inner thoughts were, I don't really like you. Oh, okay. Yeah. That's fair. That's fair. <laughs> I'm like, why would yeah. we get a gift from you? <laughs> Gifts sometimes make you feel uncomfortable. Okay. While we were still sinners... Jesus showed his love for us and died while we were still sinning. He died for the people that he knew would reject him. He died for the people that he knew would turn their backs on him. He died for the people that straight up turned him in and, and sold him out. Even in the act of Judas selling Jesus for saying, hey, um, I'm rejecting you. I'm going to turn you in so I can get some gold coins, some silver. He still died for Judas. And he still died for us, even while we still sinned. We're going to get to the chains in a moment. About the, the chains that he breaks. But there's something here. Nailing our passions and desires to the cross. Who has 
been here before. You know a little bit of what I'm doing here. But it talks about Jesus nailing the passions and desires to the cross. So this is an open invitation for anyone to be read that Galatians 5.24, those who belong to Christ Jesus have nailed the passions and desires of their sinful nature to the cross and crucified them there. And anybody remember some of the verses that we looked at several weeks ago? 2 Corinthians 5.17. Galatians 2.20 I'm a new creation the old is gone the new has come therefore anyone who is in Christ is a new creation you're only in Christ if you have died with him and you've been resurrected with him and dying with him requires Nailing your sinful desires to the cross. If anyone wants to nail their desires to the cross, you can come up and grab it and nail it to the cross. canceled the record of the charges against us and took it away by nailing it to the cross. And while we were still sinners, it doesn't say you can only come up here once you get it all together, once you get the act together, once you get yourself straight. While we're still sinners, he chose to come up here to lay on the cross. To have the nails pierced through his hands, pierced through his legs. An opportunity open. Anyone can come up at any point. You feel like it. Someone turn to Psalm 116, 16. Psalm 116, verse 16. Who wants to take that one? I got a few here. Sure. Okay. And then someone else could take Psalm 107, verse 16. Got it. Okay. All right, Yana, when you have... Psalm 116, verse 16. Go ahead and read that. 
O Lord, I am your servant. Yes, I am your servant. Born into your household, you have freed me from my chains. For he broke down their prison gates of bronze, he cut apart their bars of iron. And then... Let's turn to Acts 16. I'm going to stay there for a little bit. Sixteen. And actually, let's start at verse sixteen. A lot of sixteens here. Does anybody want to start reading from verse sixteen? We're going to be going through. We're going to be going through twenty-six. So you can read half of it if you like. One day, as we were going down to the place of prayer, we met a slave girl who had a spirit that enabled her to tell the future. She earned a lot of money for her masters by telling fortunes. She followed Paul and the rest of us, shouting, These men are servants of the Most High God, and they have come to tell you how to be saved. This went on day after day until Paul got so exasperated that he turned and said to the demon within her, I command you in the name of Jesus Christ to come out of her. And instantly it left her. Her master's hopes of wealth were now shattered, so they grabbed Paul and Silas and dragged them before the authorities of the marketplace. The whole city is in an uproar because of these Jews, they shouted to the city officials. They are teaching customs that are illegal for us Romans to practice. A mob quickly formed against Paul and Silas, and the city officials ordered them stripped and beaten with wooden rods. They were severely beaten, and then they were thrown into prison. The jailer who ordered the jailer was ordered to make sure they didn't escape. So the jailer put them into the inner dungeon and clamped their feet in the stocks. Around midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God, and the other prisoners were listening. Suddenly there was a massive earthquake, and the prison was shaken to its foundations. All the doors immediately flow up flew open and the chains of every prisoner fell off. What just happened here? Either a recap or what, or, or just a summary or something deeper than, than what we see here. What just happened? Well, even though they helped someone that was dealing with the evil spirit, but yes, it was, I guess, gaining, I guess, worldly treasure. It wasn't probably good for the girl to harbor an evil spirit in her. Um, and these two men, Paul and Silas, came with him, freed her from that, and they got ridiculed and beaten and thrown into jail for it, which then later on, they get freed from God. But I just think it's crazy how they were doing something good, and they saw it as completely something evil because they weren't able to make their money off of 
som liksom de som var så slöjda agenter där. It's ironic. They they freed a slave girl who was she was a slave girl physically to a a human owner. And she was also a slave to the demon. The demon possessed her. Paul and Silas freed her in Jesus' name, released the, the demon from inside of her, and because they freed her, they were imprisoned. And then while they're in prison, they're praying and worshiping God. And then suddenly, suddenlies are great. As they're worshiping, as they're praying to God, there was a massive earthquake and the prison was shaken to its foundation. Doors flew open, all the doors flew open, and the chains of every prisoner fell off. Not even just Paul and Silas. Every prisoner, everyone around them, even the people who had nothing to do with what they were doing, everyone's chains fell off. rest of the, the rest of that is just absolutely awesome too just if you're curious to read that later on your own then then the jailer he wants to kill himself because he doesn't want to get in trouble and, and they're like hey don't and then you know you can see how um their interaction with the jailer because that's really cool and that's that's awesome how god then turns his life around too and i like that all the chains are gone and everyone got free because it proves that this isn't just a jewish god it isn't just a god of the Jews, or only oh, these Jews are coming and they have their god. Because the time Roman, they had their gods too. They had Zeus. They had all these other gods, and well, now they can't say, "Oh, it's the Jewish god," because now this is this is everyone's god. God did this to everyone. Got freed, not just the Jews, mm. but the Romans and the Jews and everyone else. That, I don't know if what other ethnicities yeah. were inside That's this good. jail, but everyone was freed. Now, now no one can say the Jewish god only likes Jewish people. Any other observations, anything going on here? Verse 24 says, The jailer put them in the inner dungeon, clamped their feet. Sorry, sorry, no. Verse, uh, verse 23, They were beaten severely, and then they were thrown into prison. And the jailer was ordered to make sure they didn't escape. So then they were put into the inner dungeon clamp their feet in the stocks. They went to extra lengths to really make sure they can't escape. They got it with nothing. They were beaten severely, so now they're physically weak and exhausted and just torn down. And then they're put, like, not just in the jail, but, like, the innermost part of the jail that would be the hardest to get out of. Clamp their feet in the stocks. They're chained up. And then in the midst of that, they're not like, they don't question God. They don't have a Habakkuk moment. They don't have a Job moment. God, why? Why me, God? Why is this happening? I'm doing, I'm doing what you told me to do. We just released a, a demon-possessed girl in your name, Jesus, and now we're here to be in jail as, as payment? But instead they worship. 
they choose to worship, praying and singing hymns to God. Not just in their head, because it says in verse 25, and the other prisoners were listening. That's when this suddenly happens. Suddenly there was a massive earthquake and the prison was shaken to its foundation. All the doors opened and the chains of every prisoner fell off. But what we do in our lowest moments, we can either curse God or we can worship God. If they were to curse God, curse God and say, Jesus, we followed you. We gave you our life. We decided to, to follow you and, and live by what you're saying and preach your word. And this is what we get. And they'd probably still be rotting in jail. But they chose to worship. And we can choose to worship too. In our deepest, lowest moments, hopefully we're never beaten severely and thrown into an inner prison. But even if we are, we can choose to worship. Now it doesn't mean that if we pray and worship that God will break the chains, the physical chains off, because it doesn't always happen that way. John the Baptist, right? He was beheaded. He didn't get freed here on earth. Jeremiah, in uh, Jeremiah chapter 20, verse 2 and 3, he was also beaten and whipped and arrested for preaching God's word. And there's a correlation here with that. A lot of people were. <laughs> this book is full of people who were beaten and whipped and mocked and scorned and outcasted for, for preaching God's word. Let's look at one more. Let's look at one more. Um, Acts chapter 12. Just flip back a few pages or a few chapters back. Acts chapter 12. going to read from uh, 1 through 11. Anybody want to take that? You said chapter 12, verse what? Um, Acts 12, verses 1 through 11. About that time, King Herod, excuse my very bad uh, reading of people's names, you know, um, yeah, so, um, Herod Agrippa began to persecute some believers in the church. He had the apostle James, John's brother, killed with a sword. When Herod saw how much, he, how much this pleased the Jewish people, he also arrested Peter. This took place during the Passover celebration. Then he imprisoned him, placing him under the guard of four squads of four soldiers each. Um, Herod intended to bring Peter out for public trial after the Passover. But while Peter was in prison, the church prayed every the church prayed very earnestly for him. Um, the night before Peter was to be placed on trial, he was asleep fastened with two chains between two soldiers. Others stood guard at the prison gates. Suddenly, 
there was a bright light in the cell, and an angel of the Lord stood before Peter. The angel struck him on the side to awaken him and said, Quick, get up. And the chains fell off his wrists. Then the angel told him, Get dressed and put on your sandals. And he did. Now put on your coat and follow me, the angel ordered. So Peter left the cell following the angel, but all the time he thought it was a vision. He didn't realize it was actually happening. They passed the first and second guard posts and came to the iron gate leading to the city, and this opened for them all by itself. So they passed through and started walking down the street, and then the angel suddenly left him. Peter finally came to his senses. It's really true, he said. The Lord has sent his angel and saved me from Herod and from what the Jewish leaders had planned to do to me. Awesome. Thanks. So what just happened here? Peter was free. <laughs> yeah, he was free too. There was another suddenly. Yeah? What was the suddenly? Angel appeared. <laughs> but what was he doing? What was he doing when suddenly the angel appeared? Sleeping. Because that's the best thing to do. <laughs> <laughs> the night before Peter was to be placed on trial, he was asleep. With fastened with two chains between two soldiers. I think that there were fourteen. There were fourteen guards around him. He was in prison with guard four squads with four soldiers each. Yeah. He had sixteen guards around him. He was fastened with two chains between two soldiers. Which I don't know if that means he's attached to the soldiers. I'm not sure. Didn't think about that until just now. Trying to. Imagine it. He might have been found with two chains. Because there are two different soldiers. I don't know. This says fastened with two rapper. <laughs> fastened with two chains between two soldiers. Anyway. But yeah, he's there he's there asleep. He's there asleep the night before he's to be placed on trial. And he's just taking a nice peaceful nap. Big chilling. Then suddenly, there's a bright light in the cell. An angel kind of had to like poke him to wake him up. Like, Psst. hey man, come on, get up. It's a little more than a poke. This is a whack on him, essentially. Right? Oh yeah, the angel struck him on the side. Uh -huh. yeah. yeah. I'm not really sure how how hard the angel struck him. <laughs> well, I don't know how deep he was sleeping, right? Yeah. He was sleeping like a rock. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, I'll give you that. That's good. That's good. Yeah, the angel comes over to him and goes, Wake up! Get out! Quick! And all the chains fell off his wrists. And he's like, Alright, now get dressed, put on your sandals, let's go. And then he goes, and as they're going, then the... The gate opens all by itself. And those aren't automatic doors. They're not motion sensored. They're not Alexa enabled. Or, <laughs> but it opened by itself. 
God is just opening up doors. Literally opening up doors. Alexa, shut up! Wow. I said Alexa. Alexa enabled and the device upstairs picked it up. (laughs) All of you listening. Just like God. Exactly. Not just. No. I was like, don't, 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 don't stop. No, don't. Anyway. That's. So we've been seeing a common theme here of chains falling. What kind of chains, you don't have to necessarily speak to your own life, but what kind of chains might be holding people captive? non-physical chains. There's a lot of things. Drugs. Work. Alcohol. Mm-hmm. Addiction to work. Man, workaholic. Unfor- Guilt. Huh? Guilt. Guilt. Unforgiveness. <coughs> chains of hurt that someone caused you. Lust. Doubt. Lack of faith. Anxiety, depression, depression, lots of chains. Chains of fear of the future. Lack of lack of trust. Anything that is holding you captive to the freedom that Christ already paid on the cross for can be a chain. Unmet expectations. Yeah. By people or God. Sometimes we expect people to do things and they let us down. Sometimes we expect God to do something or to do it a certain way or within a certain time and God lets us down. Seeming. We we believe that we it feels like he's let us down. He never actually does, but it can seem like it a lot of times when things don't go our way. Sometimes those chains feel tangible. It feels like there's just a weight on your back. On your chest. Around your chest, around your legs, around your hands, just bound by chains. Sometimes it feels like we're all chained up. Hands, feet, neck, just completely Bound by chains. All these things holding us captive. Not letting us go where we want to go. Not letting us do what we want to do. But Jesus already paid it all. He already broke the chains of addiction, of fear, of anxiety. And he took it all upon the cross. He nailed it there to himself. These little things can hold someone captive for their entire life. Now dealt with. Can anyone break these with your bare hands? Almost definitely not. No? I'm happy to try. 
I thought it was metaphorical. I was going to say like Jesus came and he said because I was like ah. Oh, mm. Could anyone here in this room break this? If you if you were to be bound by these and you physically couldn't escape with only your bare hands, no tools or anything with you, could you break these these little chains? No. I would go ahead and say no. <laughs> and I would say this is enough to to bind someone for their entire life. To let them never experience the freedom that Jesus offers on the cross. Pitiful. Sometimes the chains are a whole lot bigger and heavier and and strong. Give someone a thousand dollars cash today if you can break these chains (laughs) by their bare hands. Can anyone break these chains in this room without using any tools or anything other than their own two bare hands and not anything else? <laughs> now these chains doesn't look as pathetic to be bound by these chains, right? As opposed to those ones. I don't know about about you. If I were to be physically bound in a prison cell with something, I would hope they'd use these ones because I feel like maybe you can make eventually, out. with enough time, maybe I could break free from these. Or just look for the fingers and slide yeah. your hand out. Maybe do something. But these ones? No. Pretty dang on heavy. Probably take years to wake up. Who wants to take the weight of these chains for a minute? <laughs> well, first, let, me, let, me, let me give you those. Put those around your neck. <laughs> not too bearable. Not, not too unbearable, right? You probably, probably go for a while with those around your neck. The weight of those chains. Mm-hmm. After a while, I'd probably start irritating your neck. The weight, you know, it might become a little noticeable after a little bit, but, you know, probably doable. Can you put those on? Sure. Okay. Now, those you probably don't want to go day by day with, right? <laughs> you won't want to watch little children at church while having those chains carried on you. Maybe some back and neck. <laughs> Anyone else want to try to carry the, the weight of these chains?
desires, nails with cross. That's going to be loud. And he, he takes the chains off. Leaves our dirt and our and our shame buried and nailed to the cross to become a new creation. Everyone's got chains. It might not be physical chains like Peter had made out of made out of iron. But everyone's chained up in one way or another. Jesus can break every chain that binds us. Some people feel that they're they're chained and not getting out of their chains. Bound by any of those things that we list before, and that's a non-exclusive list. Doesn't matter how long you've been living that way, or why, but that Jesus can can set you free. The question today is, do you want to be set free? If I got these chains around me, I don't, I don't choose to, to say, free me. I'm just holding on to it. He's not going to get, he's not going to free it. But Jesus will openly and willingly gladly take those chains off of our take those chains off of us and there's no there's no middle ground no one is half chained half free you're either free or you're chained you're either in chains or you're not in chains you're bound or you're free What's holding you back doesn't have the final say. The chains don't have the final say. Jesus, who's the chain breaker, has the final say. The moments that have binded us up, that maybe have become our mindsets to make us believe that we are bound when we're not really bound, You gotta refuse to let those those moments become mindsets. The prisons that don't even have bars. Sorry. Some prisons that don't even require bars to keep you locked inside. All it takes is your belief that they belong there. Of saying that I've done this. I'm I'm still I'm still in chains. So let Jesus work in your heart and release those chains from you. The chains don't have power over you anymore. We can see from Paul and Silas that they worshipped. They chose to worship and pray and sing songs to God. And he came down and with an earthquake and freed all the chains and broke everything. Peter was sleeping. Maybe he was so at peace in... Hey, whether I die tomorrow or whether something happens, either way, God's got my back. Maybe that's why God decided to send an angel. Maybe Peter was at such 
sure the word I'm looking for. Content. Content. With whatever happens, he was just so at peace with God's will. Whatever happens, happens. God, if you save me, thank you. If I die, thank you, because you're still good. Kind of like Meshach, Reshach, and Abednego. He said, hey, you throw us into the fiery furnace. We're not going to worship your God. And if he saves us, he saves us. But if he doesn't, he's still just as good. It also notes, though, in Acts, it says, but while Peter was in prison, the church prayed very earnestly for him. Mm. Prayer is powerful. And in that one video that I've seen um, from Priscilla Shires, it talks about prayer unlocking the powers of the kingdom. When people pray, God hears and God moves. And we see prayer precede this instance, the night before Peter was to be placed on trial, and we see the angels. We see Silas and Paul praying earnestly and worshiping. We cannot doubt that when we speak to God, something is there, that God is there, that God wants to hear from his children. And our words aren't lost on deaf ears to God. Whatever we bring to him, he's going to use. We might not see it immediately. We might not get the benefit of seeing it firsthand. We might hear about it. But he, our words aren't said in vain when they're said with a humble heart, with a pure heart. And I think that's a key part to all of to breaking chains. Like, do you really want to be free? Do you, if you really want to be free, like, tell God. God, I need to be free from this. God, I'm not free from this. Help me be free from this. Like, that's even just talking out loud. What are you doing? You're praying. It doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense how speaking words changes things. But it's so much more than just speaking words. It's talking to the God who can do something. Any thoughts, any comments, any questions? that I kind of walked in in the middle. No worries, man. Yeah. I'll watch it back. Can you summarize what we discussed, kind of? And what passages we read from? I can can show you some passages. Yeah, Yeah, we'll talk after. Mm -hmm. If nothing, that's fine. close out in prayer. God, we thank you that you are a chain breaker. Thank you for setting us free from these chains. Thank you for the cross that it bore the weight of our sin, that it freed us from our chains, that it freed us from so many things, and that sin and our and our earthly desires 
and anxiety and all these things, they no longer can bind us because you've already broken those chains. Thank you for what you did on that cross. Thank you for setting us free. Thank you for dying on the cross and for coming back to life. We thank you that the story didn't end on Friday when you died. That you were working on setting us free. That Sunday you came back and you conquered death. Thank you for the death of death. So that we can have eternal life. Thank you for everyone in this group. I'm so grateful for everyone here, but also those that couldn't make it. God, you are such a good God. Help us to just be able to take these chains that we put ourselves in, that others have put us in, and to hand them over to you. To ask you to free us from these chains, anything that we have going on. Just pray that this week, everyone is able to, to bring something to you. That everyone can bring a, a living sacrifice. Bring themselves as a living sacrifice and, and offer up what's been holding them back from getting closer to you. Thank you, God, for all that you are. For you made us to be. In Jesus' name. Hey, thanks for listening. It's always a good time in God's premises with us. I hope you enjoyed it and that you tune in again for the next episode of the Monday Night Godcast.